and welcome to the Billowing Hilltop podcast. I'm here with Johnny. Hello, Johnny. Hello there. And other people. Hello, other people. Hello. Right. Hello. Hello. Yes, okay. Mm, yeah. Just sitting back watching. And we're here to talk about Bugraft, Uncle Buggy, the newest addition to our group, a replacement for the sadly departed Grimbold. Uh, Johnny, tell us about Bugraft. Give me a kind of an outline of, of how Bugraft is put together. And tell me a little bit about him as a character in terms of the choices you've made putting the character together. Okay, well, I, I wanted uh, someone who was connected in some way to Grimbold. Yes. Because, uh, it, Not literally. Just for sort of continuity and... Um, in the hope to get all his treasure. Uh, no, no. Mm-hmm. Thought never crossed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yep. Um, I really felt that there was the parties lacking a frontline fighter, and it's something that I've sort of banged on about throughout the sessions. Sessions isn't the frontline fighter. The, no, throughout the set, the the D and D sessions that we play. Oh, I see. You have it is definitely. I have. What? I mean, yeah. Paul should be at the front. Parker should be at the front. And often Thank not, you. neither of them are anywhere to be seen near the front. <laughs> right. Which is, is probably a, how I ended up. How is this I really ended is up, how utterly. I ended up being eaten by a roper because I was at the front of the party. Is I think this, the word is what gaslighting. Really, what are you saying is that this entire anyway, character is just a giant piece of passive aggression? No, I, we need we needed a frontline fighter. We we probably need a spellcaster as well, but. Right. More to the point, we needed a frontline fighter. So that's yeah, what okay. I rolled up. <sighs> yes, so that's what you've got. So is Bugraft going to fill this role? Yes. He's a pure, yeah. so he's a pure frontline fighter. He's a pure frontline fighter. He's got, you know, I pure. built him to take loads of damage and do yep. loads of damage. Unfortunately, yep. I built him slightly wrongly because Hero Lab, I think we've all covered that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So tell me about how Bugraft is put together. So. Is he a pure? Bar- he's a, what? He's a fifth level barbarian. Is he a pure barbarian? Is he dipped into levels of anything else? I, I yes. I, I, Don't tell <laughs> me. I, I did march class I, yeah. into cleric. cleric. Uh, Why did do. I march <laughs> class into cleric? So that you can heal yourself and not depend upon other people. Exactly. <laughs> Has he got four levels of barbarian, one level of cleric, or what? Yes. How, how, yes. Okay. What choices have you got to make with a barbarian as you advance them through levels? You have to pick up. Is it a primal path? Yeah, primal path. It's the path of the totem warrior. Yeah. Um, his totem spirit is bear, which means while you're raging, you have resistance to all damage except psychic damage, which is okay. really good. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, damn great. good. He's basically designed to stand at the front and take loads of damage and do loads of damage. Look forward that's to that. That's basically it. Excellent. And the level of cleric, what uh, deity have you selected? I have no bloody idea and I don't care as long as I get my spells. Well, I mean, there are many choices, but we're not going to go through them now because so rich and comprehensive is the pantheon of this world that we would be here all week if we went through all of the different options. Uh, anything else about Bugraft, the way that he's built, put together, or anything he's about his personality? Or, he's 60 years He's 60? He's literally older than the players. Okay. Yeah, he's haggard. He you know, lives in the mountains, fights bugbears, doesn't speak to many people much, and, yeah. and has just come down out of the mountains. Too. And have you have you developed a particular voice? I mean, in terms of the, the accent no. or whatever for him? No, I've been working on it, working on it. No. You're working on it, okay. Uh, is there anything else you want to tell us about uh, Bugraft? Uncle Buggy, uh, he's got the legendary folding pole. 
Right. Oh, what you've you've been able to equip him with some, some yes. uh, magic and stuff. Okay. And what else? A horn of silent alarm. Um, and that's it. What weapon does he attack with? I'm attacking with rapiers. Well, thank you very much. That's very interesting. Yes, I thought so. Okay, everybody. I would encourage you to, on your podcast app of choice, to review us. Right. That would be uh, fantastic. Or give us a rating to subscribe that helps us and it helps to drive us up through the ratings on the various podcast hosts you can find us on twitter at billowing hilto you can find us on facebook otherwise there's nothing for me to say apart from merry christmas from me and all of us merry, merry christmas. christmas merry christmas and we'll go straight on with episode 28 of the billowing hilltop podcast jewels of drugs Good evening, good evening, good evening, everybody. I'm here with Lucas. Hello, Lucas. Hello. I'm here with Dan. Hello, Dan. What? <laughs> okay, yeah, fair enough. Hello, Paul. Evening. Hello, Graham. Hello. Uh, where we left things, our band of hapless heroes had been traveling with Hesty Testerboard, Hilstestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestestest
Yeah, so we searched the, we searched the building. Okay, so you're going you're going to intensively search or dividing up. Yes. Can you give me some um, investigation checks? Investigation checks, man. I mean, well, so hold up. Let's, let's be clear about this because the the the, the, um, the distinction between perception and investigation checks has always been problematic. But basically, um, perception checks are to notice something. Investigation checks are when you're you might look looking, at a, yeah. you might look at the bottom of a chest and think I'm going to I'm going to see if I can find a false bottom here mm. and start actually kind of you know. C- can I yeah establish yeah. something before before we we look for it. Yeah, before we, we start We think there's yeah. a high yeah. value um, of you would, gold yeah, equivalent to buy the amount of calamanthus we think has been burnt, yeah? Yeah, if the, if the money is present, yes, if the money was brought to the deal, mm-hmm. it would be a really quite serious amount of money. I mean, tens of thousands of, of GP value. So then I guess the, the next question to or our diamond expert, exactly... Would they typically bring strong boxes of gold ingots or a pouch of gems? We need to sort of work out what we're looking can for. Can we search all the bugbears? You can search the bugbears. Um, I've got a bugbear in my underpants. <laughs> what does Ouch Splinter mi- Miner, for you. Master Ouch Splinter, think? Do you think? Do you think? Well, the, uh, I can give you, um, Paul, I can give you a clue and then you can say it and then we can edit it out so it sounds like you know what you're talking about. If you like. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think the thing is, is the very idea that the head of the Outsplinter family will have told me anything. But I thought you were buying. You came to Neverwinter, wherever we were started. Neverwinter? Well, Neverwinter. Neverwinter. <laughs> Where we even start which, from which even start to the other place. Yeah, <laughs> Diamond Lake. Diamond <laughs> Lake. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, the, place, yeah. the place that we've been adventuring in for the last, like, three yeah. million years. <laughs> yeah. Diamond Lake, Paul will edit that and replace Neverwinter. Mm. Not a chance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is all staying in. Um, yes, I see what you're... I, anyway, I get your question, which is, how, do the, how does the Outsplinter family operate in these circumstances? I don't know that Cuthbert would be privy to it. It would seem just... He knew a bit Amazing. in the bar. When we were in the bar, he sort of seemed to know how it was go, roughly. Oh, yeah, that was just, that was no, just okay. bravado. He knows nothing. There's a more straightforward question. If you're talking about even just kind of a bit of ready reckoning, let's say you're talking about pounds of in weight of um, Calamanthus, right? You saved... The, the, uh, uh, the remainder proportion of a small bag that had fallen off the edge of the wagon. Yeah. If looking at the amount that's burnt, I mean, you're talking about pounds. It must be tens of thousands of gold pieces. Tens of thousands of gold pieces is a is a an, an enormous yeah. amount. Yeah. I mean, unless but there's only one. There's a wagon that seems to have brought the calamanthus. Yeah. Yes. It looks like it's a donkey cart. It looks donkey like it's. Cart. Yeah. But there's no other horses here. How did the Outspinter no. agents get here? You don't know. And also, there's no, there's nothing else here. And ten thousand. Let's say, let's just be, let's be conservative and say that it was that the value was ten thousand gold pieces. Ten thousand gold pieces is a, an enormous quantity in terms of scale. If it was, unless it was all done in platinum, and even so, that would be a thousand platinum pieces. Have I got that right, Graham? I don't know. I, I think it's ten. I think it's ten, 10 gold to, pieces. Ten to one. Yeah, like that, so it would be a thousand platinum pieces. Is still a significant. I mean, a significant bulk. It's not an easy thing to kind of conceal. So it would seem logical 
the the specie that the money the funding must have been in some more portable form yeah meanwhile hesty is ignoring your discussions and your searching and just uh he's kind of stopped talking to the hearth spirit he's just sitting there sort of looking gazing into the flames if you're going to search let's have some perception and investigation roles why don't you make a perception check and an investigation check for all of you that are joining in with the search see what kind of numbers we get okay so and also tell me where you're searching be specific i'm searching the house okay I'm going to ask Hester Testapod to ask the Hearth Spirit if he if if it has seen any uh, any um, money or valuables where they went anywhere. where they spent their time. Hmm. Well, I don't know, um, Burple, that that is the sort of question that our friend here is going to really understand. But I can certainly uh, talk to her and see what she says. And he sort of turns back to the fire and starts sort of intoning a weird sing-song sort of chattery thing. While he's talking, anybody else want to tell me where they're searching? So I will search all of the bugbears and that area outside. I'm seeing that, Which area so outside? here there are some cases. Or so basically okay, so around searching about, out the front. Yeah, at the front, around about the cart. Yeah. Okay, give me, a, give me a perception check and an investigation uh, so check. We're just going to abstract Investigation this. check, I rolled a 17. And the perception, okay, and unfortunately, I only rolled a 7 plus 2 is 9. Yeah. Um, the investigation is, is kind of searching the, the bugbears, and you don't find anything particularly of interest. It's not like... And not only do you not find any... You I mean, you're obviously, you don't find tens of thousands of gold pieces of worth of anything, but you also don't find any evidence that, for example, people have kind of grabbed a you know that they've somebody's found a large amount of money and they've each grabbed a little bit each or anything like that there's not like a yeah. few coins on either and of them. The they look like they look like vagabond uh rogue like a little rogue band they don't look organized they don't look uh they're not wearing any kind of livery or any identification it looks like you found a band of kind of a straggling band of bugbear outlaws that have just randomly roaming around in the hills we've not looked down the well have we uh, well, you've looked down the well in the sense that you've dropped mm. a bucket down it. So if there was an enormous chest of gold down there, you might have spotted it. But you haven't but, been down the well, no. But there's, we're not looking necessarily for a big chest of gold. We're maybe looking for some no. gems. So, and on the monks, anything on the monks? Nothing on the monks. But the one Nothing monk in terms is of money. lying next to the well, right? Uh, one of the monks is lying next to the well. The other monk is lying next to the cart. I'm going to do a... Investigation check down the well. Mm. Yeah, so I'm rolling my dice. I roll a 13. Okay, I mean, you're literally clambering down the well. I mean, there is a... It's not a deep well. Yeah, I can I can tell. I'm just going to have a check yeah. on my... Um, I've got a th- yeah, I've got a three on acrobatics, so I could... Give me a second. I'll Fish around that. in the water and see if there's... Rolling a 15? Okay, um... Obviously, I'm not telling anybody if I do actually find anything. Oh, okay. Well, then I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here. How deep is the well? How deep is the well? How deep, uh, how well, how deep, deep is the well? well? I really I need, need to learn. Um, I don't... It's not massively deep. Um, prodding around with a 10-foot pole, clambering in and having a feel around. Nothing. I think I'm going to search around inside the house, Mike. Okay, so you're I'm can you looking for, yeah, uh, perception. I'm looking for kind of paperwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking for anything. Yeah. 
I mean, the first. Well, so so give me a perception check. Thirteen. Thirteen. On okay. the first I mean, one, yeah. Yeah. You don't see any paperwork. I mean, that you don't see any evidence really of anything that it wasn't possibly here. This this farm is used routinely by travellers as a sort of overnight rest. There is some stuff here, a little bit like those kind of huts in the Alps, right? Where, yeah, where you can kind of shelter in bad weather and people sometimes leave some things behind for the next people to use it. There's some bits and bobs, but there's nothing that looks like it was related to this deal Mm -hmm. or anything like that. Um, How deep is the grass and stuff where these monks are lying? So there's some pictures. Oh, I mean, it's sort of scratchy alpine meadow grass. It's, right. I mean, I don't know. I so mean, it's not like... But the fact that I don't know means it's not significant. Okay, right. I've just tried I know to the think of every leaf and branch. what it seemed, I mean, so the guess is they were obviously negotiating the swap, and then they got ambushed by these bugbears. That seems like... That, that, I can't think of a way, better way of putting it. That certainly seems what to be what does seem happened. to be odd, though, is that the monks were outside and the sellers were inside, which is... No, the buyers were inside. Oh, sorry, yes. The buyers were inside and the monks were... Because the monks were selling. This is not CSI. <coughs> Ken Hills. Okay. No, I'm just trying um, to find a think of some way that could sort of basically say, oh, we should search there. I mean, like the well was yeah, a yeah, good yeah. idea because you could imagine that yep. a monk with a with a bag of diamonds on him and then he gets, you know, jumped by the yep. uh, bugbears first thing thrown in the well. Um, Are we allowed to take 20 in any shape or form on this? No, you're not. But you can just... I mean... Uh, I'm more interested in a, um, what we're going to do. What we're doing here is we're abstracting this. You're yeah. making a couple of rolls, mm-hmm. and I'm going to apply a kind of reasonability principle. Yeah. More, it's just as important for you to tell me where you're searching as what you roll. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to go out the back and search. There's a bunch of um, boxes out the back. Yeah. Well, there's a kind of yard at the back of the farmhouse. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have a look okay. around there. Mm-hmm. Um, when are you going to give me a perception check? I can give you a perception check. I mean, that's to notice stuff. Rolling a uh, 23. You notice something there, Paul. You notice... Give me a... You, have you got a survival? Let me have a look. Uh, yes, I do. Okay, give me a survival check. You notice something. You're difficult to determine exactly. Worth a closer inspection. Give me a survival check. Mm-hmm. Eight. You think you've see, you can see some tracks, Paul. You can mm-hmm. see some disturbed earth at the back. It's been re- solidly. It's been drizzling solidly since you left. Yeah. Uh, well, since the since the afternoon came on as you left Diamond Lake. Uh, one of the reasons that the house probably did not catch fire in a kind of giant clon- conflagration that would have been the kind of risk. Um, it means if without the ground being dry, I mean, it means that you've got more chance of seeing a kind of an impression or whatever. And you think you can see some tracks in that backyard, potentially, I'm going to say there are tracks leading in all directions. Um, (laughs) okay. This is why we uh, aren't getting the long rest because we're being encouraged to follow the tracks. Uh, no, uh, no, no! I wouldn't. Don't get into that. But I'm just saying that, that you, uh, you can. Uh, your perception check yeah. was to notice that there were some tracks in the yard. Your survival check was not sufficient for you to unpick the tracks from each other, determine direction, or identify the nature of. Can them. I have a go yeah. at a survival check if I go around the back? So you're going to call Cuthbert? You're going to call Park around to yeah. the back? 
Oi, Greenhead, round here. Oh, terrible. <laughs> Come round yeah. acting like I know what to do. And then... Uh, suitably curious for the yeah. 13. 13's not a disgrace. You think um, Sessions peering at these tracks that there's a sort of mixture of old and new and you think that perhaps there is is a set of candidate tracks for what you're potentially expecting a set of newer heavier tracks that might be a bugbear's rather distinctive kind of three-toed talon footprint yep um and yes there might be a trail leading away from the farmhouse fr- fr- away from the farmhouse out across the land around the house and towards the trees let's go traveling in which direction does it look like they're which way to the toys this toys the toes pointing towards the house away yeah, no, from no, the house. Away, away from that well away from the house i mean if you haven't done a you haven't done a kind of circumnavigation of the house looking for tracks yeah. so you're not in a position to put together any kind of story in terms of how people arrived and from where yeah but the tracks that you can that, that Cuthbert has detected in the yard, when you inspect them, you think you can find one distinct set of heavy, more recent tracks that could well be bugbear tracks leading away from the house towards into the darkness. What would you like to do? You found some tracks leading away into the darkness. Uh, God knows how far anything that would have left those tracks has got in the... You don't know when they set off. Um, and it's dark and it's raining. Um do we think the tracks will disappear in the rain? You think, Sessions, that once you get out of the yard at the back of the farmhouse, following those tracks across the meadow at the back, it's going to be more difficult. And and then once you reach the tree line in the dark, I mean, it's not impossible, but you'd need somebody with a with a who's got good tracking experience to 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 follow them. Let's do long rest. You, you can do that. I mean, can you do speak with the dead? I can right. memorize speak with the dead oh. as cleric spell. Okay. Well, that sounds like a good idea. Like one of the monks, I would guess. Yeah. Or, no, I was thinking one of the out splinters. Well, it's a question for the tomorrow, tomorrow morning, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What else are you doing? Are you are you hunkering down in the farmhouse, taking shelter overnight? I yeah, think I so. Could, before we get to it, what's, what's the building out the front? Is that a, an outhouse? It's a, it's a midden. Yeah. So, yeah. Have have we searched it? Yeah, uh, I believe you searched it earlier, but if you search it now, uh, you don't find anything. Right. Okay. Well, let's rest up in the house. I'll have this back for him. Okay. Uh, Hesty sort of sits in front of the fire to keep warm. He's got sandwiches. <laughs> um, he goes out. He, he goes... Hesty and Bugra- Hesty and Bugraft head out to the... Um, back back down the trail to the to the horses. Yeah. Um, with all your uh, dunnage, oh, bring and yeah, they walk, bring them up. Mm-hmm. They walk your your um, they walk your pack ponies and your kind of mountain ponies back up to the house and uh, tether them up outside. And Hesty produces a a sort of scratch feast of uh, sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, look, I seem to have all the different types here. It's excellent. They've been very well prepared. Um, and he sort of sits in front of the fire, cross-legged. Every now and again, he kind of tends the hearth, uh, hands out sandwiches, and looks generally complacent about life. I have to say that was very exciting, although I did think it was a bit of a close-run thing. I think um, we, we need Burple to sing us a song or two, don't we, Justin? Mm. You know, yes. While, 
I think all of us would probably. Anyway, um, yes, no, of course, Purple, you must. Uh, you must express your creativity. Probably need a guard your, rotor of some sort. Or what's your latest? Well. What's your latest creativity, Purple? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's called. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I can't think of anything. I'll th- I'll um, I'll come back to you. Thank you. <laughs> you must tell me about your experiences in the in the Dowerstone under the Dowerstone mine. Well, look, I actually wanted to talk to you about what's going on here. Um, now that we've got a chance to properly, he got you know, gestures uh, around him here, here, looking around the farmhouse. No, 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 no. What's going on with the uh, the Airborne Triad? Okay, so look, we need to talk about. Uh, what you know and what you suspect is going on. Why are we rushing across country at such speed? What are the Ebon Triad after and how are we going to stop them? And what do you know about the Wind Dukes? In particular, what do you know about the uh, the Rod of Seven Parts? Well, uh, Purple, um, one thing at a time, you seem to have suddenly uh, grasped some kind of comprehension <laughs> of the gen- of the general story that seems rather out of character. I know. I've been. Um, I've been briefed. Yeah. It's almost as if you've been somehow. There has been some way that you've been able to almost listen back to our I know. It's a, it's uncanny, isn't it? But no, I. You know. It, I, yeah. It's it's. You know. I've been always on top of the story uh, in in every way. I, uh, you may recall, Burble, that I told you about a, a, a being, an entity, an undead uh, uh, god yes. of sorts called yes. Chios. Chios is an ancient being who was defeated many, many thousands of years defeated ago. Defeated by who? Who was associated? Uh, well, this I do not right. know. But he was defeated. But he was associated with uh, an ability to create unkillable undead that would infect each other and spread through these green worms. That seems to echo the rumours that we've been hearing about these strange undead in the hills. Bugraft here, uh, oh, Bugraft has fallen asleep. Oh dear, Bugraft here has, has seen these undead, um, and they seem to infect each other with these green worms. Now, now, if these undead and green worms are roaming the hills, Purple, then my concern is that this somehow is an indicator uh, that uh, Kios may once again be on the rise. Now let's just talk about the Ebon Triad. The Ebon Triad are a uh, cult that are trying to create a new god uh, by fusing the power of worship of their three constituent gods. Ban Shivu, Queen Marshal of the Howling Horde, the Grey Woodsman, uh, the Feller of Souls, the Mad Axeman, and Asmodee, a Prince of Liches. They believe that if they f- perform their rites or rituals, and this is what I want to ask you about, because I want to know what you saw in the Dow Stone, under the Dow Stone mine. But they believe that if they were to combine the energies of these three gods into this new over god, that they would then dominate the world. But in turn, they believe that the circumstances in which their prophecies tell them that this new god will arise are the circumstances of the birth of the Age of Worms. And that is how these all relate. I appreciate that it is complicated. But as the best way that I could explain it would be to say that if Chios is going to rise again, that would usher in the Age of Worms. The Ebon Triad seem to be trying to engineer such circumstances because they believe that is a prerequisite of the fusing of their three gods into this new overgod. Now, was that clear? And would you like a sandwich? It's salmon 
with a little bit of lemon juice and some dill. Uh, Sounds lovely. Gravelax. He holds out. He holds out another clementine to you. Segment. Yes, <laughs> another segment. Um, okay, okay. So in. So we find ourselves in a little bit of a pickle. Bug on food, I see. Um, well, we let. Well, let's talk about this. So we in the Dowerstone mine, we found. Uh, uh, worshippers of all three of those gods. Yes, yes, exactly, yes. Just so. And this creature, this, 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 uh, whatever, I mean, it was an extraordinary entity. This creature that attacked Diamond Lake just before mm. you arrived, this was something that came from the mine. Did you see it originate? Did you see where well, it we came from? Well, we didn't specifically see it, but there was a kind of black pool. Um, and yes. that the, basically we, you know, each in, in each in its turns, we we defeated each of the the worshippers of each of the the gods. And when we yes, when yes, we I killed know, yes. the leader of the last god, the Grey the Woodsman, Woodsman was the last one. one. That's Grey right. Woodsman. And yes, yes, his, yes. when we defeated him, essentially the whole. Oh, now tell me, on. the lair of the Grey. So the worshippers of the Grey Woodsman under the Dowstone Mine. Did you find any connection to what we might call the Timber Dark? The dark forest. Yes, we did. Yes, it was all very woody. Uh, I have long suspected as much. And um, so we found we. W- and the twig blight things kept moving through it. Yeah. Twig, uh, uh, creatures, 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 creatures was, formed yes. from the wood. Yes. And tell me about the worshippers of Asmodee, Prince of Liches. They were. They were in a in a chamber with eyes. That's right. Yes, yes, eyes. That's a sign- so. There was a chapel of Asmodee. You still saw eyes in the walls. That's right. Yes, yes. He is the watcher. Uh, he is the, the the prince of liches and the watcher. And they yes, had yes, these yes. poison daggers. Oh, they were carrying poison daggers. Describe them. Here. Describe the describe well, the I've figures that were oh, carrying the, the. No, no, no. Uh, the daggers are of minor interest. Describe the figures that were carrying the daggers. They were wearing capes and robes, but weren't they sort of underneath very... Did you describe them as being very pasty? Like they Grey? Grey skin? Grey, yes. like Almost like they'd had the life sort of sucked out of them a bit. Like, oh, my goodness. Like the, yes. Uh, wiry. Uh, um, uh, strong. Powerful. Yes. But, but somehow slight. Yeah. Yes. And yes. there was a bearded devil with them as well. This is very concerning. He stands and starts pacing backwards and forwards. This is very concerning, Parker. Why? Um... It is as I may. It is as I feared. The followers of the Grey Woodsman are all very well and are a, a threat that has always been with us. As for Banshivu and her horde, uh, all creatures can be turned towards evil and savagery. Asmodee is another problem entirely, and it has long been my suspicion and fear that Asmodee rules over or influences or is followed by the people that we call those that wait, who dwell in the forests and jungles at the other side of the barrier cliffs. Oh, you and told us about that your, in our suite before dis- we Your description of a wiry, strong, grey, somehow warped, somehow warped by magic, somehow diminished but still strong figures, that does sound like those that wait, and that gives me great cause of concern. Anyway, Burple, oh, sorry, your question about the wind jukes and the Rod of the Seven Parts. I do not know quite how it relates. I'm fascinated by the story, and I believe that in the cairn, and as per our agreement, you have not told me where you you found this cairn, but I believe that that cairn may be the key, may be a way to discover maybe one of the pieces of the Rod of the Seven Parts. And that is 
one of the reasons I'm so fascinated. Also, the Windukes are an enormous force for good, a force for law and order in our multiverse. And if we are facing uh, some threat, some giant threat, this concept of the Age of Worms, the, the rising of either this undead god, Chios, or some giant over-god fused between these three other gods, the wisdom of such an ancient race with experience of defeating these awful forces would be useful to us, as would their artifacts. But if you if you think about if you if you think about the way that they were defeated in the past, it seems logical that we would need their artifacts. You know that. Well, yes, yes, precisely so, Burble. You're exactly so, correct. So the yes. rod of seven parts seems like a. Oh, bug on food! Absolutely. So, do you have any inkling how we might find? Uh, or locate any of those. Well, I'm afraid in that area, Burple, I'm afraid you're, you you, and your, your, your companions are perhaps more qualified right. than I. I mean, I am familiar with the lore, I'm familiar, L-O-R-E, I'm familiar with the, the legend of the Windukes, I'm familiar with the story. There are rumours that they still are present, that they still seek the Rod of Seven Parts that was created when the Rod of Law was broken as they defeated uh, Miska the Wolf Spider and the Queen of Chaos. Other than that, I know little. But what I do know is that it seems as if you found the tomb of one of them. And uh, that is a thread upon which I would love to pull to find out what lies at the other end. What, meaning what? Well, meaning that um, these ancient uh, relics, these ancient uh, artifacts, hangovers from the the, from if you, the tomb of Zosiel. Zosiel was a warrior who died at the Battle of the Fields of Pesh. Mm. Surely... Lying within his, in, within his tomb, there may be clues. There may be uh, uh, there may be um, information. There might be histories. There may be artifacts. There may be all sorts. You just you've described to me, for example, um, now uh, sessions and uh, the poor departed Grimbold, who, by the way, I think is starting to smell a little in that haversack. Uh, <laughs> it it uh, described to me this apparatus, for example, that you found in this cairn that you discovered. Something that looked a little bit like a picture frame, something that looked a little bit like a mirror, but with black uh, black shards of a material of glass. Now, what what is that? I mean, what, how does that relate to everything? These are the these are the questions, Burble, that I that I hunger to uh, answer. Let's look. Let us look at this item of yours, the thing you retrieved from uh, the mines. Uh, bring it forward. Let's, let's have a look at this thing. Uh, he looks at the the orrery. Um, you've got the the main structure of it. Um, but you've also got some uh, fragments, pieces and components yeah. that you retrieved from the, the, the room where you found it because it looked like it had been damaged. Yeah. Holds it up to the light of the flames from the hearth spirit. Uh, turns it over, uh, manipulates it a little, um, manipulates the mechanisms a little. He starts manipulating these other little bits and these other little bits, these other components that he retrieved. He starts sort of fitting things together, and then he starts casting spells. Um, he starts casting. Uh, uh, he 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 places uh, his hand upon one section of it, and he seems to just go off away into himself just briefly. And as you watch where his hand is resting on the uh, object. Uh, the tarnishing starts to diminish. The warping of the little metal components and fragments, to, uh, things, th those little, those little areas and little bars start to straighten. Uh, and as he works his way over it, he seems to be repeatedly 
summoning some kind of magical energy to address the uh, failings. And and whilst he does so, he is picking up these little components off the floor. He's sitting cross-legged on the floor now in front of the fire. He picks these little components up and he starts inserting them and connecting them with the main object and then and then reaching off into his magic again and bringing forth some kind of energy that, that fuses and repairs. And after about five minutes, you're all sort of standing around him in a circle watching him um, in the flickering light from the hearth spirit. This thing suddenly just sort of seems to come to life. Uh, the, the patina that was faded all over, the patina that was all over it, sort of fading the colours, seems to just disappear. And the, the individual spheres kind of bring to, uh, sort of come to life. The colours seem more vibrant and they start to move. The mechanism starts to twist and turn. The little cogs start to click and the little spheres, that you think they're representations of the planets, start to very slowly move around each other in a sort of dance, a sort of uh, a kind of cosmic orbital dance. Sort of, and uh, Hesty sort of holds it up at the base like a waiter holding a tray of drinks up. He goes, see, look, it's uh, it's uh, operative. Fascinating. Well, I wonder how I wonder what the, how this thing operates. Uh, perhaps we could have a... Um, I suspect that whoever should use it would need to somehow <laughs> attune to its magical energies. Uh. Um, uh, but I, I, it's very difficult to determine quite what its function might be. I'll attune to it. Okay. How does attunement work? Do you learn what something does when you attune I to it? I think you do. You were to attune to it, Burple. So you're sitting with it and you're spending an hour with it. Uh, attunement still will take an hour, even though our new short rest rule means that a short rest takes five minutes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because attunement is not is a is a is a as a slow fusing of the energies of the being and the object, rather than something that's just snatched at. Uh, you can attune to it and you get to deter you determine a sort of sense at least maybe not the specifics but a sense of what this thing is it seems to be working under its own power now that hestia has fixed it as in these planets these representations so, so the orrery seems to be ticking away under its own steam mm -hmm. purple um you don't know very much about the cosmology you don't know whether or not they are representing the current position of the planets. In fact, you don't know, and there is some discussion as to whether or not the planets are laid out as this orrery would indicate. But to the extent that it's useful, or, or uh, uh, um, to the extent that it's useful, it seems like the orrery is operating as the planets might operate. Right, so it's possible that they are representing the current state of the planets in real time or faster. Uh, that's a very good question. That's very difficult to know. But you also get a sense, uh, Burple, that that this object will somehow, seems to somehow be tracking towards um, uh, conjunctions. Seems to somehow be tracking towards conjunctions. That is, uh, planetary alignments. Rather than yep. sort of prepositions or adjectives. Yeah, rather than the, yeah, rather than the gerund. Uh it seems to be tracking or working its way towards conjunctions. You can sort of def define from the mechanism as it runs and the little circles of engraved metal that sit in the base that all seem to be aligning up and uh, working against each other, uh, working with each other in a sort of series of interlocking cogs. Yeah. That it, it looks like it's, it tracks, it looks like it's tracking the alignment of the, these planets. Mm -hmm. So the thing seems to be alive it seems to be energized yeah. and you get the sense that the planets are moving but from second to second you can't detect yeah. movement it's 
Yeah. Well, you may be in the in the movement of the moons around the planets. Yeah. It looks like the next time that the uh, orrery will represent a conjunction of planets is on the third of Misrule. Now, Misrule is the little five-day, actually mm. four-day uh, festival in between the end of Fumbulary and the beginning of Fart. Yep. Uh, and on the third day of Misrule, it looks like Genius will align with Uterus. Right. And it looks like that's the next time that the orrery will sort of hit a decision point. Quite what it will do there, you're not sure. But Burple's sense from attuning to it is that it will answer questions. So every time two planets align with Tonge, Mm -hmm. then are you saying that you can do like probably do an augury spell or some kind of Um, prediction? You're looking at this. Burple is attuning to it. Parker is leaning over, craning over and studying it, trying to see if he can determine whether or not the planets are moving on the system. Hesty looks up and says, I'm sure you can just move this thing on, by the way. Look, it's got a little... <laughs> and he reaches, it's got a little... And he kind of reaches up. Oh, there's, there's, a a little, there's a little mechanism. And, yeah, there's a little thing that drops down. It's like a flip mm. catch that drops down and turns into a little handle underneath it. And he starts turning. And he says, yes, look, here we go. Yes, the next one will be at myth, uh, the third of Miss Rule. We'll just keep moving on. 20th of Fart, Marks will uh, uh, align with Super T. Let's have a look. Let's keep it moving. And he just basically rolls it forward. And then he can roll it backwards. Right. I don't think that the power of this, this power of this object seems to depend upon the, the actual conjunction rather than the conjunction of the object. This seems to be an object that tells you when the conjunctions will take place. Yes. Um, and will obviously uh, uh, allow you, it seems to have some kind of aura. It's very difficult for me to determine, even with my powers quite how it how it might uh, operate but it seems to it seems to offer the, the promise of an answer to a question but when the real conjunction takes place and this seems to be a, a, a mechanism for a calculating when that conjunction uh. will be and b allowing oneself to ask the question but i think we will discover more on the third of misrule we're in fumbulary now aren't we it is uh to be specific it is the night of uh, Asmodee the 13th of Fumbulary. Because the point is, it sounds like it's like two weeks away before we can actually use this thing. If the next time when this will conjunct... Yes, that's that's exactly right. It looks like two weeks the, ago. Two weeks this away. object seems to be indicating that you won't be able to do anything for um, another uh, 18 days. Yes. <laughs> 18 long rests. Yeah. Yeah. You're on the 13th of Fumbulary. All months have 28 days. And four uh, days in between. The interstitials have five yeah. days, but occasionally one is a four-day uh, one in order to reset the calendar to the actual um, solar year. Right. The tonjal year. And I, will, and I will brook no more further discussion <laughs> on that topic. <laughs> <laughs> because let's not get into it. But misrule is the next interstitial yes. festival. And misrule is the one that the day is robbed from. And since it is the festival where cats and dogs live together and uh, servants become masters and masters become servants, the general feeling of the population is that would be the festival they took one day out of now, wouldn't it? <laughs> so, yes, you've determined, you think, Parker, between you, Hesty, and uh, Burple, you've determined that this thing must be some kind of divination item and seems to be triggered by the conjunction of planets. What else do you want to do this evening? Take a long rest. Okay, so mm-hmm. you take a long rest, you get some sleep, um, you post a guard, the drizzle continues apace. The more you sit there in the warm and the dry, 
as the rain patters down in the uh, outside the house, the more you feel like those tracks were probably quite significant. That'll be your first long rest since you leveled yes. up, won't it? So suddenly you've all got low. <laughs> suddenly, just sort of Hesty just regards you from the corner of the room like, goodness gracious. <laughs> the Hesty's sitting there with his spell books, getting himself set up for the day ahead. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and he nods off uh, in front of the fire. Uh, the hearth spirit diminishes a little as the night becomes, well, as evening turns into night. But still, the embers sort of cook away there, and every now and again you detect something in those sort of dancing flames that just seems more than just normal. But you're kind of used to hearth spirits, right? As a as a group, you've all grown up in this. You know, you've grown up in this environment. I mean, Burple not because he lives in a bin in the woods. Um, but I mean, there's a and 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 actually cuff but not because the hearth spirit of the Outsplinters is in this old house in in Evenstar that he's never ever been permitted to visit. But the concept of a hearth spirit is not alien to you. And so it's quite reassuring to see this thing kind of uh, guttering away in the embers. Can you attack it? Mm. Not really. Unwise. <laughs> Sorry, um, one last question on the orrery before we move on. Yeah, just oh, to, good. It better not be complicated because no, I've now want, basically told you everything I know. Just yep. one. Oh, okay. Well, my question would have been winding this machine for a while. Does it look like there's a grand conjunction coming up any time? As in all of them. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, you can wind it forward a bit, yeah. and you could try and get a sense by reading forward in the indicators yeah. on the base whether or not anything kind of super significant is going to happen. And no, there doesn't seem to be anything uh, uh, imminent. Uh, I understand the point of your question. And uh, Hesty looks at you rather sharply as you start doing that. Well, like maybe the same thing, three or four the same planets? things did occur to me. The same thing occurred to me, Parker. That perhaps this this um, device might uh, be a uh, might be an indicator of uh, some form of conjunction, some sort of planetary alignment that might signify something of significance. But I I, I can't determine anything. Okay, so there's nothing coming up with maybe even three or four. Uh, no, not not that you can see. Right. Not running it forward for like a year, which takes quite a lot of winding, well, to be yeah. honest. Mm. Yeah. Um, Hesty looks at you and says, "Well, the wheel of days will turn for the time being. <laughs> That's all we can expect." Okay. Next morning. Yeah. Because overnight, I'm going to think about this. Speak with dead. Okay, problem. so overnight you rest up. The next morning sessions, you're going to you're going to kind of uh, speak to uh, misfortune. misfortune about how you speak with dead and prepare yes. that spell for the day. Mm-hmm. And then when I've kind of got that uh, mastered in my head, yep. um, I will um, I will give it a go. We could do speak with dead with Grimbold and have a laugh. Yeah. I don't know that that would work because he's been dead for. Oh no, he's only been dead for um, in the last ten days. So he's not, he's not been dead no. for more than that. We could chat with him for nine more days. So it lasts ten minutes. You can ask the court to be honest. To five you're not questions. Looking at the detail of the speak with dead spell, it says you gain the sem- you grant the semblance of life and intelligence to a corpse. It's quite possible that Grimbold has been uh, under the influence of a speak with dead spell since before you you know since you've known him. Um, <laughs> Okay, you can. Um, which corpse are you selecting? I think an ouch splinter. Mm-hmm. Corpse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Okay, so we're going to um, ask the corpse. So you cast the spell, spell and it, yeah. it, there's a sort of awful kind of weird moment where there's suddenly a kind of... And it's sort of the chest jerks up and this thing, the eyes kind of roll back and there's a sort of... There's a kind of rasping breath as this thing uh, kind of coughs into life. What are you saying to it? Uh, I'm going to say to it, uh, Master Cuthbert uh, Outsplinter uh, mm-hmm. requires to know where the funds for the Calamanthus are. Um, it croaks from the kind of depth of its dead lungs. I know not. Are we allowed to? Are the rest of us allowed to talk to it, or is it just Graham? I think I might have to ask the questions, but you can certainly pose the questions, and I will choose the good ones. Um, well, we, we obviously ask it what happened. Yeah. Why were they? Yeah. Why were they there? What happened? Does can you, Graham, I need. To, I need the. Sp- I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not going to play silly buggers, but there's got mm-hmm. to be a recognisable question with a point to it. What happened could be answered with first. Okay. Dust coalesced from the big what bang. Happened? So okay, what happened? What brought you to this place? Yeah. This day. Or. We yeah. saw Calamanthus. And what happened to you since you arrived here? Is that your question? Yeah. Uh, yeah. All was well. Calamanthus was satisfactory. Then chaos. Then violence. Then blackness. Okay, we have two how, more questions. You should, you should ask how they were going to be paying for the Calamanthus. I think that. How were you to pay for the Calamanthus? Gems. And what happened to the gems? <laughs> well, he might not know that, but he should know where they put the gems. We've uh, only who, got one question. Who has left. the gems now? I don't know. Um, where are the gems now? Maybe we should ask where were the gems when you last saw them. Mm. Perhaps we should be a little bit more, a little less focusing on the money and a bit more focusing on why they were doing this outside the normal um, ways of doing the trade. Why were they doing no, this so that... secretly rather than in a normal trade environment? I like the question about where were the gems when you last saw them. <laughs> <laughs> we could try and find out where this bugbear's gone because that's a likely. I'm not sure he's likely to know that. Sound no. I mean, if he, they've been basically murdered, I'm no, still very as surprised as to yeah. why they're at, why they're inside, and the monks are outside. That implies to me that the swap had already taken place, and the monks were leaving. Well, the other question we could ask, I guess, is who killed him? Maybe the monks did. Yes, that's a point. That doesn't tell us where the gems are. No, I, 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 if we ask where the gems were when he last saw them, we would either get possibly an indication of where they'd hidden them or who was carrying mm. them. Well, it's either got to be the where did you last see them mm-hmm. or the why were you doing it this way rather than... Yeah, okay. Let's go with the where did you last see them. I mean, if we know... So we know there are tracks going off, right? So we know, you know, the the one guess is that... Either before this could take place, then, you know, the money has been stolen. Actually, what we don't know, and we've maybe missed a... We don't know how many people were here doing the trade, do we? There could have been three monks, and we've only got two corpses. 
suggesting maybe one of them has it. Or there could have been three um, agents, and there are only two corpses, so the agent may have got away with it. Lots of bits of information we don't have. (laughs) (laughs) We spend a week here (laughs) casting this spell once a day. Hesty is, um, as as he got a suggestion, while you stand there discussing this last question, mm-hmm. he's watching you with a kind of strange expression. What's what's up, Hesty? Why are you looking like that? It's, um, I don't know. Since it seems um, you're more concerned with things that I would be less concerned with, and less concerned with things that I feel that you should be more concerned with, but, um, such as what? What question would you everybody ask? Everybody must Hestie? follow their own. Um, I would not ask a question. <laughs> I, I feel that um, it seems to me that you're in a pursuit of um, of gold. Yes, and you notice uh, that. I I place li- I place little value on gold, and more v- and more value on uh, heroism. And I think that's possibly because you have gold and I don't. I live just oh, let me point out. Possible session. Let me so, point uh, out. Hester, I live in a bin. <laughs> well, I know, you, I know you do. Um, I wondered about mm. that for a while. Mm. Now, what do you Burple? think? What do you think uh, gold might do to that particular situation? Well, I, well, I, I think that gold might solve it, but I don't know that it would, Purple, because my suspicion, my, uh, uh, you, you may feel free to, to tell me, Purple, if you feel that I'm overstepping a particular mark here. But you could live at your mother's house, Ut, rest her um, unfortunate soul, but you choose not to. It has, greatly. Uh, it has painful memories. I don't really. Uh, oh, and this is that. That's what I. I've, I've, that has always concerned me, Burple. I don't feel comfortable. I've been. Um, well, I mean, I've, obviously, I've, as, as you can, you know, as you know, I've been keeping an eye on yeah, you. Yeah, well, obviously, yeah. a little bit creepy there, Hester. I have to say. Well, not in that kind of way, and um, I've served my debt to society. <laughs> and the, the, Restraining order has been rescinded, has it? It's not what I heard. Well, you know. No, he's just looking at you in a slightly kind of like, these guys are obviously obsessed with cash kind of way. He's also looking at you a little bit. Somebody give me an insight check. An insight check. Ooh, plus five. Mm, Plus naught. 18. Insight plus six. 21. Um, he's trying to hide it from you. 26. Natural 20. Hell, Sessions. Okay, well, Sessions, you nail the um, sentiment. Well, that's what happens when you play cards with people. You have to watch for the tells. Very, very good point. Um, he's trying to hide it. You detect in Hesty's eyes, Sessions, with your great role, that he's worked out exactly how your minds work, exactly what makes you tick. And he seems a little disappointed by that. Sounds like he's nailed us. Yes. <laughs> we're still going to ask the question, If um, where were the gems when he last saw them? Where were they when he last yeah, yeah, yeah. saw got them? Yeah, got it, got it, yeah. Um, In the hands of the beast that slew me. Or is it slain? Or is it slayed? Okay, so I think the path out the back's the way to go. Because we killed all the others, didn't we? We searched all the bodies, made a big bonfire of them. You've now overnighted. It's probably four or five in the morning, and it'll be getting light in about three or four hours. After you noticed that Hestia was kind of observing you with a slightly strange, quizzical look, um, 
the next time you look back at him, he's fast asleep, um, his chin down on his chest in this armchair by the fire, just snoring away in his ridiculous dressing gown. He's just, you've got to be very careful that he doesn't shift in his sleep and reveal something. What do you want to do? I think following the money is a mistake. It's sidetracking. We're supposed to be doing something with Hesty. We're supposed to be trekking across his mountains to go and talk to this whoever. Mm, but it might not be a very long. It could just be like 100 yards down the road. Mm. Mm. Well, let's put a limit you know, on it. I mean, because well, we can put a limit on how many, you know, how many days we're going to go exploring for. No more than three days of travel. Or I, don't, so I don't get you. Three days of travel to... Down the road and three days back. But we're, we're supposed to be doing this thing with Hesty, aren't we? He's asked us to join him on his, his kind of trip to go and... Uh, I can't... Inevitably, I can't remember that. I don't remember it being that pressing. Was it pressing? I think he's asleep. Ask it was a, he's asleep. It was pressing to get here, wasn't it? Wasn't no, it? this is just on the way. Bargraft was keen that you set off at the time that you set off because he was keen to be overnighting at the Garm mm-hmm. farm because it offered better shelter. That was really more of a of a short term um, uh, question in the sense that if you were going to set off yesterday at the time, he wanted you to set off at the latest when you set off yesterday in order to make it here before dark, which you didn't actually manage to do because you you took a short rest and you did some other things. In terms of the in terms of Hesty, he is keen to go and interview Marzana, who is the uh, mage at Blackwall Keep as soon as possible to find out about these stories. But you don't get the sense that it's like the clock is ticking, that he, if he doesn't get to her within 24 hours, it's, it's a disaster. I mean, there's, there's no sense of that. It, it, but he was going to make the journey, and he was glad of your company to, to make the journey safer. Mm. Okay, well, in which case, sorry, I got that wrong then. So we can go after the money. Most certainly can, yeah. Tell me how you want to go after the money, and are you well, leaving Hesty asleep by the fire? No, well, let's wait until it's and wait until we can see outside. Well, I've got dark mm. vision. Don't really need to to wait. Going to start heading up the out the back. Where those okay, tra- so tracks so were. it's about it's about five in the morning, four or five in the morning. It's going to get light again in about two or three hours. Um, it's still raining a little. The 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 rain really set in overnight and it's now just dis- it's now diminished a little it's sort of a just a kind of general soaking irritating permeating drizzle okay there's a little light spilling out of the back of the farmhouse from the fire and from any torches or brands that you've lit um and you can see it obviously tolerably well as if in dim light using your dark vision those of you who have it the back of the farmhouse it opens into a yard there's a couple of trees and then it's meadow rather unkempt and untended meadow that at one point was clearly grazing land, runs to a, a, a kind of low dry stone wall about 100 yards away from the farmhouse. Farmhouse is oriented on a plateau. So you've, you've come out of the tree line high in the Cairn Hills. Yeah, about, obviously about halfway on your journey to the Mist Marsh. And therefore, you haven't really, you've got clusters and copses of trees and the occasional lone pine, but you don't have kind of heavy forest. Um, but the, the past that uh, dry stone wall, it it's just sort of untended bracken and scrub, um, and the occasional tree, and then the slope goes away from you, goes down and away from you. Somebody give me a survival check. Are you looking for tracks? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Well, give me a. Well, what's that number? I get a fifteen. 
Somebody got an 18 there. Yeah, 20 from Burple. Yeah. Um, a 20 from Burple. Okay. I mean, the 20 is kind of, you feel, um, guys, that that's sort of the numbers that you're looking at, uh, big numbers needed. Um, Burple, uh, you head across the meadow, you hit the dry stone wall, and you go, ow! Now you hit the dry stone wall, and Burple, you you detect a scrap or something. Is it like a little bit of ripped off clothing, a ripped off leather, or something that's caught on the sharp, jagged edge of a, of a stone? at a certain point on the dry stone wall reorients you it looks like you're about to cross the dry stone wall perhaps 10 15 yards from this so you're sort of scoping about purple with your dark vision and your amazing number you realize that you're just about you're, you're on the wrong track you reorient yourselves you cross the wall at the point where purple found a little scrap of clothing you start heading off into the bracken and the scrub and the slope starts to go down and can i get more survival checks more survival checks mm. wash I get a 19. I get a 15. Ooh, 11. A 19. Burple, you... What's your survive? What's your wisdom bonus? Uh, my wisdom bonus is 2, I think. Okay, no, so it's my, 21. No, no, my wisdom bonus is minus 1. That was a survival check, though. I got a 20. So have you got... Co- that's have you, oh, that's have, all fact. 20 in yes. total? No, it's a 19 in total. So I rolled an 18, yeah. getting Parker got plus a 20. 2 is 20. Okay, so there's decent numbers from uh, decent number from Parker, decent number from Burple. Um, you occasionally pick out as your it's in the dark. Your the best that you get you're getting from your dark vision is dim light. Yeah, Sessions is puffing along behind with nothing. Um, he's slower than you. Are you holding a torch, Sessions? Uh, light spell. Okay, so 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 Sessions is puffing along behind you with a light spell on something, a little kind of little beacon behind you. Um, and occasionally you are picking up, you're following the trail, the kind of implied trail from the point at which you crossed the dry stone wall and you saw the scrap of uh, clothing. And you keep pushing on towards the downslope and you are reassuring yourselves that you're on the right track with these rolls. You find a bit of disturbed uh, bracken here. You find a bit of crushed bramble or broken through um, uh, vegetation there and you keep pushing on and you're you're at the kind of lip as the uh, as the as the plateau ends and starts to dip down into the tree line and down into the slope again are you continuing yes okay um on you move and uh this is now this has taken you about five or ten minutes in terms of travel um really not that far a couple of hundred yards down the slope you go and into the tree line now things get difficult it gets darker um sessions is uh light spell is kind of mitigating that darkness um but it's more difficult there's less moisture there's um uh, pine needles underfoot um and you're trying to pick your way on a pathway through these giant um pines as you walk your as you as you kind of uh, as you kind of scuttle down this this slope give me another survival check you're not seeing indications a third 15 in a row and a 19 from who is that a 19 giving 21 from park 20 from sessions this is incredible rolling and a 10 from from purple 23 for me total 23 you pick up a couple of um indicators as you're heading down the slope um you are another hundred yards down the slope, now deep into the trees. It's quite vertiginous, and the slope is increasing. 
you can hear ahead of you the rushing of water. Sounds like a kind of fast-flowing mountain stream um, ahead of you. And it, you might be in a very steep V-shaped kind of valley. Um, but you do find a couple of indicators, just kind of out of nowhere, just when you thought you'd lost the trail, you see those little kind of spindly, sharp, um, uh, lateral twigs and branches that you get in the lower part of kind of conifers when you're in kind of deep forest. You can see a couple of, sort of splintered off and broken off. You, and, then you re- and then Parker, with his role, he follows up on what Sessions spots and sees some disturbed pine needles and picks up the trail again. Then on you push. Another 100 yards. You're not getting quite close to the river. Give me another set of survival checks. Okay. Cool. Ten. My luck is running out. Only a nine this time for an 11. Eight from Sessions. Yeah, okay. And uh, what about Burpa? What did he get? I get a 13. Okay. Um, you, you get, you've still got the sense you're on the right track. You're less confident. Um, and the slope is now quite steep. You're holding on to tree trunks and branches as you, as, you, as you hit the slope, right? And you can hear the rushing stream below you. But you've got the sense that you're on the right track, but you've kind of lost the trail. And the river is imminent now. And uh, the first person to make it to the river is... Six. Sessions puffing along behind is Parker. Parker, you can hear the river right in front of you. It's a fast-flowing mountain stream. There's a smell of pine. Um, that, that, that kind of almost ozone-y smell of like super fresh, cold, icy water rushing uh, from... Let me get this right. From left to right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've broken out from the trees. You're almost standing ankle deep in the kind of first pools of water that have kind of gathered around the edge of the main flow. Yeah. Um, and can you give me a survival check? Okay. Fresh trout springing up out of the water. Mm-hmm. A, an 11 for 13. So you can't determine exactly where you think your trail is going, but you can call people down to where you are. Yep. The others catch up with you. Do uh, anybody else want to make a roll? Yeah. Murph. Mm-hmm. Cuthbert trips over him. 13. Pulls uh-huh. from his face. 13 from, uh, 16 from Sessions. Okay, yeah. Anybody else? Purple. 13. 13, okay. Uh, now you're a bit stuck. You've got a decision to make. Uh, you can either push on up the slope to the other side... Or you can follow the river upstream and upslope, which would effectively be taking you back the way you had come in general, not back the way you had come back to the farmhouse, but back up, as it were, back into the interior. I think we push on. Or you could follow the river down to your right. Um, there's no trail or pathway, but you could sort of try and keep your feet as dry as possible as you followed it. That would lead, you're assuming that you've kind of, as it were, crossed the... Um, the water table divide, the great divide, right? So then now the water that you're seeing is flowing towards the marsh rather than towards Diamond Lake. You've crossed that point in the hills. Um, so you could follow that river that way. What would you prefer to do? You've got no specific intelligence to go on. You can't see any traces One, three or left. I think we go straight ahead. Was left mm. an option? Yes, left is upstream, yep. Yep, upstream. Okay, uh, and you start upstream. to... Follow. You start to kind of pick we your way upstream up. in the dark. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can certainly do that. 
Who wants to go left? Who wants to go right? Does anybody want to climb up the far bank? I'm going to climb uh, up the far bank. I was thinking left. Fate says left. Okay, Fate says left. So Sessions says is heading left. left with his light spell. What about Parker? Where I'll does he want to go? follow Sessions. He's also going left. Cuthbert, you're going to start scrambling up the far bank. Yep. Yep. Uh, Burple, where do you want to go? I shall go right. Mm. So you're going to start heading down stream. Okay. <laughs> Just to make your life really interesting. Uh, no, no, it's fine. It makes my life perfectly fine. Party, always a wise thing to do. No, I'm more than happy to do that. Okay. So let's start with Cuthbert climbing the far bank. Cuthbert, okay. uh, can you give me a survival check? Yes, I can. A marvellous 12. Okay, you don't spot any obvious signs that anybody else has recently climbed this bank. Okay. Uh, Sessions and Park are heading left. Can you give me a survival check? Both of you. Six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Parker? What was a 14? What's that total? 14 for 16 in total. Okay, a 16, Parker. Uh, you're not detecting, as you sort of start to head uh, upstream, you're not detecting any obvious signs that anybody has clambered this way. Not that that would really indicate very much. You'd have thought that if somebody was following the stream, yeah, I mean, literally walking in the water, um, trying to pick up some kind of track would be, I mean, really seriously difficult. But there's no indication on either bank um, by the light of Session's light spell that you're seeing anything. Let's pick up with um, Burple, who's heading downstream. Burple, give me a survival check. Uh, survival check. Six. 22. Yeah, 22. Okay, so Burple, yeah, you did take oh, yeah. something. As you're heading down, you don't have to go very far, only three or four yards, before you notice that uh, there's a kind of smooth, rounded rock that has been dislodged from its from uh, uh you know there's a little sort of it's it's tipped out and that you know the way that rocks in this kind of in mountain environment sitting in this kind of mossy bed of like earth and moss and lichen mm-hmm. and it's been tipped out something has disturbed it immediately you realize that you're looking at something that's been that, that doesn't look normal it looks like somebody's been this way before okay so i'll i'm trying to be quiet now i'll sort of signal a sort of little gentle whis- whistle you know to try and <laughs> get people's attention the jungle cool isn't it no, it's like well, a, I mean, you've got. A, I mean, I, I presume you've got a loot. You've got a loot on your back. You've also got like a, a zither. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not um, going to. I'm trying to be subtle. You're fastidious with musical instrument, and you're wearing this incredibly <laughs> heavy armor that you wear. I'm trying to be subtle. Yeah, you're trying I'm to be subtle. I'm not going to get the loot, the zither off my back, and basically get my drum. No, no, no. Out I'm not saying. Go, I, I appreciate you're trying to be subtle. All I'm saying is that you're wearing incredibly heavy armor and festooned with musical That's instruments. True. But I'm also as you quite, clamber around. I'm also yeah. quite stealthy. I'll get, I'll get the guitar out. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, so you're trying to sort of subtly hiss, whisper, make an yeah, owl call whistle, or something little to attract their attention. Teeth just so they look round. Okay, so the others, uh, uh, Cuthbert, you've not found anything. Sessions goes, what was that? You've not found anything. <laughs> but you hear, a kind of, you kind of hear a kind of sound from downstream as Burple is uh, moving. I found something. <laughs> Shush. What? Do you want to follow Burple? Do people want to turn and follow Burple? Yep. Yes, I will. So together, you start working your way downstream. Let's abstract this, because we can spend quite a lot of time with you making rolls, trying to find individual traces of somebody. If you're confident that you're following the right track, if you're, you're not seeing any indications that whoever is, whichever trace that you saw 
that Burple saw when he decided to turn, it seems correctly, right and downstream. He saw that dislodged rock. Yep. You've not seen anything to indicate, no matter how high you've rolled or whatever, that anybody has diverged from this path. You just also aren't seeing any reassuring detail that tells you that somebody has stayed on this path. We assume they left. We slept for a while. They could have moved on for maybe another four or six hours, at which point they would have to have stopped. Your sense is that they are, they were probably six hours ahead of you. No, they are eight hours, a minimum of eight hours ahead of you. Yeah, I'm just thinking how many hours of movement would they have had before they had to rest as well. Mm-hmm. So after about that amount of time, we should find signs of them having camped, potentially. You know, it's four hours or something. It's not eight hours, is it? They won't have continued. We're talking about hours worth of travel before you get to the point where confidently you could say that the person that you are following, Mm. should you be on the right trail, you could start to wonder about whether or not they would have stopped. Let's make a check for the next half hour of travel down the the river. One for everybody. Okay. Purple gets a 19. The decent number. Oh, Cuthbert gets a 20. Okay. Mm, Sessions gets 11. Parker gets a 13, is that right? Yes, an 11 for 13, yeah. Sessions is obviously out of favour. We're going the wrong way. (laughs) Ever since he he turned back, I think Lady Luck was out having a fag. You're not sure, Cuthbert, but you think that you might... uh, There may even be a discussion amongst you. It's still dark. Yeah. But as Sessions kind of gathers into the rest of you, you look at this little kind of neck of the bark of a of a slightly wizened sapling or tree that's right by the riverbank. And you're not cuffed, but you're sure that there's a sign that somebody's been passed this way. The others maybe not so sure. Um, you kind of gather around the light, you look at it, and you think, well, it's probably enough evidence to keep going. Yep. Give me another roll for the next half an hour. Okay. Purple gets a 20. Very nice. Cuthbert gets absolutely nothing. He's fallen flat on his face again. Oh. Parker. Yeah. Sessions gets like seven. Yeah. But keeps very quiet. It's not much further. Again, it's all abstracted. At some point in that next half hour of movement, Burple sees a sign that um, something has been passed. It sees a broken branch and perhaps the hint of a of an indent maybe even what might be the edge or the side the edge of a footprint in the kind of um the damp earth on the side of the stream um it's a little bit more emphatic as a sign than cuthbert's sign you're feeling a bit more confident that you're on the right trail you're going to push on yeah. okay this could be another one for another half hour Burple gets a 19 that's really all i need to see Burple, yeah you Nothing absolutely cast iron, but you don't see any indication that anybody's branched off. And occasionally you you see the uh, kind of subtle but telltale signs that something's been passing your way. You push on for another half an hour. Okay, so now you've been going for an hour and a half. You're going to push on for, so that you've been pushing on for another, for a couple of hours? Yep. Okay, give me another roll. So is there a, is there a sort of direction that, that they seem to be headed? I've got another 19. I've You're following got, a stream. I've got a 19, a 20, and two 19s in my last four rolls. You're following, well, a, you're following a stream that seems to be heading south. Um, your sense is that you've been climbing up and now you're climbing back down the other side. Uh-huh. Yep. Burple, yeah, you're picking up signs, not emphatic signs, but enough to give you confidence that you're on the right track and you're going to push on for another half an hour. 
it's about seven in the morning and uh, you come across something you come across a, po a point at which the trail intersects the stream that you're following yes so, so things slightly widen out the valley becomes a little bit less steep things break out you break out from the trees a little into a sort of clearing it's very dark i mean it's there's a if you look up now that you're out of the tree line you can see a little bit of light in the sky it's easier to kind of tell light from shade and so forth but really not making a massive amount of difference your dark vision is still relevant put it that way uh, but the uh, stream runs across a the trail. You think it's your track that you were following the night before, okay. but further down, right? You think that you've got to a point where the road, if you'd carried on down the road from the farmhouse as you had originally planned, you would have hit this point at some point, yeah. And where the stream crosses the road, it kind of it's a little bit fuzzier. You can you can hear it pick itself up and. Uh, uh, concentrate itself and become more of a kind of rushing uh, uh, stream on the other side of the road there's a bit where because people have kind of effectively fording the stream back and forth the banks are more fragmented uh, and the water pools a little bit more uh, and on either side of the water you there it, the the trail is quite muddy let's get some perception checks from everybody purple herpish got 25 for his perception check Oh, purple herpes, you spot something. In fact, you spot a couple of things. The first thing you spot, purple, is that in the mud on either side of the trail, there are some clear tracks. And those tracks are, you think, um, ponies. You think probably a couple of ponies, maybe three. One maybe more heavily laden than the others. Yep. And they're tracking from your right to your left. If your guess about the fact that you've happened across the original trail is correct, then that would mean that you were looking at somebody who had left the farm and was heading towards Blackwell Keep, who had crossed the river. And you think, give me a survival check. Anybody can give me a survival check now that um, Purple points these tracks out. Okay. Oh dear, Cuthbert, a three. Cuthbert gets a six. Purple got a 15. 15 good enough. Gets a 14, I think. Purple's on a okay. roll tonight. Purple's on a roll tonight. He really is. Uh, you think those tracks are no more than hmm, half an hour old? Oh. Maybe a bit longer. Mm -hmm. You don't know kind of what the relative speed would be if you had been traveling down the track, but it's not impossible that somebody who'd left not long after you had set off on this hunt uh, might have passed, as, as it were, crossed your path a while ago. Could be half, It could be as recent as half an hour. It could be longer. Uh, but you spot something else anyway, Burple. Uh, on at the side of the road, you look at it a couple of times, there's no color in the... Uh, in the air because it's so early in the morning there's no you know there's no color um but you spot something and it sort of catches your eye just on a little kind of tree stump uh just at the far side of the track uh on the on the uh blackwall keep side of the stream there's a clementine do we recognize someone was well, eating a, those weren't they it's a fruit yes mm -hmm. But someone was an, eating. an eaten one or a, an uneaten just one? An uneaten one, it's just sitting there. Mm. But the third thing you notice is that on the far side of the track, so as the stream 
exits the track, as it were, and continues its path. It looks like something has disturbed the ground around uh, the edge of the trail, the far edge of the trail from you, where the stream has crossed the trail and then drops down the slope again and into the trees. So, so just to clarify, mm -hmm. it seems like this was a rendezvous. You don't know about that. Um, somebody give me a survival <coughs> check if they look at those the, the traces that Burple has spotted on the far side of the track. Oh, nine. Terrible. Oh, I roll. Oh, it's brilliant. I roll a four. No, you're all standing there, Burple sort of scratching gets your head. 17. <sighs> Typical from Burple. Uh, sessions get 16 plus perception, are you talking? Survival, uh, I thought. Yeah. Survival. Oh, no, no, survival check. Survival check. Mm -hmm. 19 from sessions. You think that the disturbance on the far side of the track. That, looks like evidence that somebody has carried on following the stream down and you think that they resemble the tracks and the, the signs that you've been seeing earlier on. The two things could be completely independent. Absolutely, could be. It looks like the timing... Uh, I mean, I think with the 19 uh, sessions, you could determine that the, the tracks on the far side of the trail, the ones leading and following the stream along, the ones that look like the same traces that you've been following so far they are quite a lot older than the um the pony tracks crossing your path going along the trail but does it, it look there's like no the chance two that the clementines are um there's Hesty no there's no indication that the two interacted no um well hesty has hesty always is always eating clementines he's always offering you uh, segments of clementines yeah oh yes so the chances are the pack ponies are hesty having left the farm and headed down the path so they're now ahead of us Possible. It's it's possible that I mean it's possible that the scenario is that Hesty, you may not have missed him by very long, but Hesty may have decided to push on with his journey. Mm -hmm. The tracks that you see will be consistent with that. He's got a heavily laden pack pony with loads of baggage on it, and then there'll be two more ponies. There will be one for Bugraft and one for him. If only so we remembered all sense. this stuff. If only we remembered. Hmm. So basically, what we've just done was completely pointless. He may have pushed on on his original journey. You're following a completely separate trail down this stream, and that trail, you think it might be somebody who's stolen these gems of great price. I mean, the currency used for this Calamanthus deal, you think that's carrying on along the stream and down into the tree line. So you've got a choice to make. Oh, I see. Of course we do. Do we, do we engage with Hesty or do we chase the gems? Well, I think we should I think chase we're committed, for the aren't we? Yeah, we're committed. Yeah. We can always catch up. <laughs> so you want to keep following the stream? Yeah. yeah. Okay. There you go. Clear choices, decisive action. So you push across the trail and you head down the slope on the other side, following this uh, fast-flowing mountain stream. And after about 15 minutes, it's it, you haven't seen any trace of anything moving. You come across a point at which another stream seems to join the stream that you're following. So you reach us at a junction. Um, you haven't travelled very far. There doesn't seem to be very much sign of anything going on. Uh, but somebody give me a perception check when you're at the kind of confluence of these two streams. Uh, well, we, we don't want to cross the streams, do we? Absolutely not. Just keep your mind totally blank. Oh, I think it's a 23 for 23 as well. Okay, wow. Um, Sessions, you notice something. It is a little bit lighter. And Sessions, you've got your light spell. Mm -hmm. You hold your light spell up high above your head. Uh, it, what you can see 
is there's a lot of disturbed kind of um, undergrowth around you and disturbed kind of mud and moss and stuff around these streams. But it looks like there is a clear set of tracks. So somebody maybe has, has left the stream that you're following mm-hmm. and has moved to join the other stream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Can somebody give me a survival check, though, looking at those tracks. Try again. Ooh, a 14 for 16 this time. Cuthbert oh, gets Cuthbert's a 22. 22. Cuthbert. The weight... This, you don't know why you would know this, Cuthbert. Maybe you've watched too many movies. <laughs> of course. The, the heel-toe weight <laughs> on these tracks is the wrong way round. Somebody's walking backwards to make somebody's, it look Somebody's left the stream and disturbed all past all sign that they'd done so, sort of messed the ground up around it, and then deliberately walked backwards to make it look like they'd decided to change course. Yes. That's, that's what you get with the 22. So he says, that's all rubbish. We keep going in this direction. So you keep going and you mm-hmm. push on. It's another uh, by about seven, uh, sorry, by about 7.30 in the morning. It's starting to properly um, get light. Yep. How intelligent are bugbears? Bugbears are kind of tolerably intelligent. They're not amazingly intelligent. They're cunning and they're very ah. good. At, they're very good. They're very stealthy and they're very good at laying traps. Right. Um, and they're good woodsmen and, and wilderness operatives. Yeah. Um, but you could, there's a massive assumption here. Oh, well, I mean, I think, I think with confidence, you can say that the tracks that were deliberately laid out for you just then, I don't think there was much doubt that they were bugbear tracks. Mm-hmm. So you can right. feel that you're confident that if your theory is that a bugbear left over from the raid somehow grabbed the money and ran, well, they may not have the money, but it's definitely a bugbear. Okay. Let's keep going. And it's about 7.30 in the morning. Uh, you've been going for about five miles. And you've been going for about three and a half hours. Yep. Yep. Um, there's enough light in the sky, enough light to determine colours a little bit now, to determine kind of the three-dimensionality of your surroundings in the forest. Um, can all of you give me perception checks? Okay. Perception. Hmm. Uh Oh, I'm just rolling terribly tonight. It's just not working. Cuthbert rolls a 25. 25. Cuthbert. Um, Doesn't matter what anybody else gets. 25 is an absolute stormer. Um, You kind of detect a scent. It's really, really faint, but 25 uh, has picked it up. But it's also really, really unpleasant. It smells like a cross between sort of death and old bins. I thought Grimbold was dead. Well, one of you's got Grimbold in the oh, house. That's what it is. Back. Uh, didn't we bury him? No, you didn't. You didn't bother. He's <laughs> still in the. Uh, he's still in the Hewitt's handy <laughs> <laughs> that nobody has yet properly looked in. By the way, but we'll pick that up later. But it's not. It's not Grimbold. The smell is beyond really Grimbold. nasty. It's like a kind of sweet. Decaying, de- sweet, decaying flesh, garbage, uh, death. It's really, really unpleasant sort of smell. Um, and it's just drifting to you. Yeah. Mm. Um, the other thing that your perception check picks up, though, is that not far ahead of you, I mean, a couple of hundred, two, three hundred feet, you can hear the sound of something moving around in the undergrowth. Go, let's go to the map. 
you pick up this scent and then about two or three hundred feet away from the stream off in the undergrowth you hear a kind of crashing sound what do you want to do uh i think we want to head towards a crashing sound don't we you're going to push on towards this noise yeah i mean i do all yeah. these standard hand signals cast um, shillelagh and um pointing directions and park a car shillelagh yeah you're pointing where is in the this noise coming from as we're looking at the map, it's coming from about 100 feet, maybe a little bit more, uh, ahead and to the right of you. Okay. It sounds uh, like a, uh, a kind of... It's a kind of deep, bestial noise. A kind of... <laughs> Does it sound like a... A big could bestial noise or a bugbear type bestial It sounds noise. like a bugbear bear style bestial noise, but it sounds odd. It sounds sort of slightly distressed and odd. Okay, I'm going to... No, can I get another... Sorry, can I get another perception check from everybody before we get into this? Okay. I have an idea. Another one. Purple. Oh, I did better this time. That was a, a 16-18. Purple gets an 18. Yeah, okay. So those are very good. Sessions gets 20. You're not sure, but... To your both to your left and your right, so that is both upstream and downstream. Um, at maybe at some distance, you kind of hear some other movement. Uh, it doesn't sound like it's coming towards you. It sounds like it's going away from you, and it doesn't sound as heavy or as crashy as the movement that you've got that you're directly um, focused on. It sounds like something smaller moving. I mean, it could be an animal, could be something. How many signals? Uh, so probably as uh, um, to use your aliens' parlance. Perhaps you've got a signal to your left that is downstream and a signal to your right that is upstream uh, at least 100 feet away on either side uh, and lighter, smaller creatures moving around than the heavy creature that you're currently pursuing. So maybe the bugbear's been ambushed. Can I move? Absolutely. Do you, uh, what do you want to do? Do we want to just move or do you want to go to... Let's just move and then we'll see uh, how we go. So Should we split up and go in two directions? Purple, you start kind of crunching through yeah heading forwards yeah it's low so so th the point that you're in now um as you drop down through the hills you've left the um the pine forests and it's a deciduous uh forest now yep um, which means that you've got more uh light because obviously it being the dead of uh, winter it being the 14th of February, um you've got no leaf cover um but it's quite difficult to stay quiet do you want to stay quiet um, yes. Well, let's give me give me a stealth check. Uh, so obviously I'm running at stealth at disadvantage. Are you moving? Oh, you're wearing the armor and you've got a ukulele and a zither on your back. <laughs> yes. <sorry. laughs> you're basically festooned with musical instruments. And uh, so the first roll is a 19, and then the second roll is yeah. a yes, yeah, 13. 13. So 13. 13. You would just narrowly avoid pressing the pedal that triggers the drum on your back <laughs> and clashes the cymbals 13 um, is not it's, terrible no it's not terrible and as a result as you stumble forwards you, you manage to avoid blowing into the accordion that's on a little bracket <laughs> around your neck anybody else want to kind of push forward I will follow the other quieter noise so you're going to go left or right so you can go downstream or upstream so upstream is going back the way you came where you've heard a noise downstream is going on the way you were following where you've also heard a little noise so what you're actually saying, Mike, is there are three noises. That's all, all along I've been saying there are three oh, noises. I think yeah, well, every, I every, everybody understands that. Okay. <laughs> I didn't. 
Oh, uh, okay. So <laughs> I, I think I was. I thought I was clear. You're following the sound in the undergrowth ahead of you, a crashing sound, and then you heard, as a result of your high perception checks, two noises: one upstream and one downstream. Oh, okay. So Parker, would you like to? follow Burple after the kind of heavy sound, the sound of some sort of creature crashing through the undergrowth ahead of you, or would you like to head downstream or upstream after one of the other noises that you've just recently heard? It's a gamble. It is a gamble, Parker. It's a bit of a gamble. It is a gamble. Um, Come all this way, Parker. Roll a dice. Put your family up in a hotel. I'll go upstream. (laughs) So you're going back the way you came after this other sound. Okay, Mm. what about Cuthbert? What does he want to do? Oh, I think Cuthbert is going to follow Burple. Cuthbert's following Burple. Do you want to try and stay quiet? Yes, he's going to roll a stealth check. And he rolls a 21, getting 21 is very good. Parker, you're heading back upstream the way you came. Do you want to try and stay quiet, or are you not bothered? I'm not bothered. Okay, and then finally sessions. Which way do you want to go? Um, And I will also cast Longstrider. Okay, so you're going to head back upstream, you're going to clamber your way up, following the stream back the way you came. Mm-hmm. You've got the shillelagh cast, and now you're casting Long Strider. Okay. Uh, yeah, I sessions. sessions I'm going to uh, stay put and see which way stuff happens. I understand. Um, and let's move back, therefore, to Burple. But maybe uh, I'll. In fact, no, in fact, um, uh, events don't work like that. Um, Burple, the sound, the crashing sound, the sound of this creature starts moving towards you. Um, it's moving uh, more as much left to right as it's moving towards you. So it seems to be sort of moving from your field. If it's two o'clock, it's moving towards 12 o'clock and starting to get closer. It's so dark, Burple, you've got uh, 60 foot dark vision. Yeah. That gives you 12 squares of dim sight. It's outside the range of your dark vision. So uh, even though we're at the kind of cusp of dawn, you can't make anything out. You can maybe make out some motion, some sort of disturbance in the uh, in the vegetation. So it's heading towards me? Towards and across. You don't know if it's directly zoning in on you or if coincidentally it happens to be getting nearer you as it goes somewhere else. I shall advance another three squares. Okay, so very cautiously sort of edging forward, yes. peering into the gloom ahead of you. Trying uh, to be trying to be stealthy, so I'll roll those. Yeah. Not very stealthy at all. Uh, you trod on the pedal, didn't you? Yeah, I did. The drum I actually dropped back it. Starts going I actually boom, dropped the drum. Boom, it fell boom. off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the little trumpet that's hanging mm. from your arm. It's actually the, the probably the more like the um Tabler or the, the the accordion. I dropped the accordion on its side. <laughs> you, dropped the, <laughs> you dropped the accordion onto your bag of symbols. <laughs> um, okay, what about Cuthbert? Cuthbert is going to stealthily no, move. I've, I've only had. Sorry, I've only taken a move. Can I see? Anything? Oh, so I'm sorry, Burple. I thought that that's all you were doing. No, sorry, no, no. no right. I, I'm I'm wanting oh, to. Oh, I see. You're reading and having a look. Okay. Oh, you're okay. Which spell are you ready? <sighs> Whole person. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, Cuthbert. Cuthbert's going to go and move next to Purple. And I presume, by the way, Purple. Sorry to interrupt, uh, Paul. I presume you're readying the spell. Like, if something leaps out of the undergrowth in front of you, yeah. you cast a whole person on it, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're obviously not Cuthbert. Yeah. 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 Uh, mm. uh, whole well, person on Cuthbert. Steal the gem. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I'll personally just on Cuthbert take all his magic and his clothes. Yeah. And then run back down the stream. Yeah. Um, okay, Cuthbert, yeah, what do you want to do? You make a, do you want to try and stay I'm stealthy? Gonna, I'm going to stay stealthy uh, as best I can with a 17. And I'm going to be next That's pretty good. to... I mean, it doesn't matter because you're standing next to somebody who's made a load of noise. But I know, yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, you can't see anything, Cuthbert. Uh, Parker, you can keep moving. You can move another 50 feet back well, upstream. Well, move, move now. Because oh, it's 100 feet. Yeah. Okay. But it's the... Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's not perfect ground, but let's kind of hand wave that a bit, right? It's not half movement. Can you give me another perception check? I certainly can. Another crap perception check, though. Uh, <laughs> that really is rubbish. Yeah. Right, right, right. yeah, you think that the sound that you're following up the stream is still... You're not quite certain, but you think it's still there. You don't think it's moving away from you. Uh, sessions? Do you want to okay. keep hanging so back where you are? Just to clarify that, it's moving... Or don't think it's moving away from me faster than I'm moving. Uh, you don't think it's difficult to tell how far it is moving. You think you can still hear it. You're not certain, but it's difficult to tell how far it might be moving. Whether it be moving faster than you, slower than you, away from you, whatever. Okay. That's difficult to determine. You rolled a one, so yeah. well, it's possible that it's just yeah. not moving at all. Uh, sessions, you're, it's starting to look a bit like the uh, Blair Witch Project where you are. Um, yeah. You're well, by I've yourself. You're talking into the camera. Yep. I've got my little <laughs> torch illuminating, my mm. light pebble illuminating my face from underneath. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a good look at the, uh, the footings ahead and to my left. Then I'm going to drop the light pebble into my pocket and um, move over cautiously because you basically and try and disappear. Yes. I like it. And you hunker down as in you're following a little bit of let's just say you're following a little bit of sort of beaten down yeah. ground that's I'm a little bit kind of drop easier. Myself. Yeah. Try and, and get and out of sight using my naturally stealthy nimble half thing. Well there's a little rocky outcropping where you are, so you could sort of tuck yeah. yourself behind it. Okay. Um Cuthbert and Burple. Hello. Something crashes out of the darkness ahead of you. It's humanoid, well, isn't it? crashes out of the twilight ahead of you. It is humanoid. But let me describe it. Uh, it was, maybe once, a bugbear. Oh. But it's not a bugbear anymore. Uh, for starters, it's, it's left shoulder it's is... It's left shoulder is clearly dislocated. And the left arm is kind of hanging down, kind of limply. Uh, its right arm, it, something's happened to the right wrist so that the hand is kind of locked in a sort of weird kind of claw-like thing. And this thing, it's sort of shuffling, crashing towards you. But the thing that you really notice, even in this light, is that it is crawling with these sort of segmented green worms. Oh, it's an unkillable undead. And uh, Ooh, run away. coming out of its eye sockets, <laughs> coming out of its right mouth. Choice, and it reaches that clawed hand up towards you two and goes <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> run away! No! Run away. So, can you run away? Oh, I just watched Monty Python and the Holy Grail again a couple of days ago. <laughs> <laughs> Can you run away though? Oh dear, it's all the, the Billowing Hill.
Hilltop podcast is a Billowing Hilltop production. Dungeons and Dragons is a trademark of Wizards of the Coast. Encounter at Blackwall Keep and Age of Worms are copyright Paizo. Encounter at Blackwall Keep was written by Sean K. Reynolds. Music is from Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com and is used with thanks under the Creative Commons license. Additional music and sound effects come from the wonderful Sirenscape. All other original material is copyright Billowing Hilltop. Role-playing games are all about getting people together and we use Roll20 as our tabletop, the perfect place to host your game and Discord to host our chat. Thanks for listening! What is happening? We're going to record a promo we're right now. We're going to record an advert. We're going to record okay. an advert. Hi, we're at the D&D <laughs> show. The, the Dungeons and Dragons. No, <laughs> somebody else is going. We are a Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast, though sometimes we don't play Dungeons & Dragons. Sometimes we play other games like Call of Cthulhu. That's about all we've done so far. That, scratch that, <laughs> take four. Hi. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, you a dickhead. You're a dickhead. <laughs> Hi, my name's Luke. I'm the host of a podcast called The Dice and Die Show. What do you do? Well, largely we just play D&D, Dungeons and Dragons, but sometimes some other stuff too. We also talk shit for half an hour, talking about films, uh, movies, they're the same as films, really. <laughs> but yeah, we talk about Dun- we, we play Dungeons and Dragons, it's an actual play podcast. If that's your thing, then check us out. The Dice and Die Show, D&D Show, give us a listen, see what you think. Boom. That is one of the most sure confusing I can... <laughs> <laughs>